they'll come on and they'll say, there's a mechanical issue with the plane. We're going to have to delay or cancel the flight. And people are like, oh, man, this is awful. And I'm like, what do you mean this is awful? Thank you so much for discovering a mechanical issue while we're on the ground. Welcome to another episode of Most Memorable Journeys. And today I have a wonderful guest. It's a person that if you don't know his name yet, then it's definitely high time to hear it. His name is Mr. Glenn Lundy. He is the man who is hosting the very popular Facebook live show, Rise and Grind. And he's also the host of the Clubhouse Room Breakfast with Champions, very popular. I never even dare to go in there because never get on stage. But maybe now after this interview, I will have a special relationship. So maybe he'll bring me up sometime. I'm hoping to, uh, you know, put in some brownie points. Glenn Lundy, you have a lot of experience in uh, the mental side of human development. You are very used to uh, skill sets to to create growth. You are also a family man. You have eight children. I do, yes. You do. do Welcome, Glenn. How are you? Oh, I am so good. Thank you so much. And you are super kind. And yes, come join us on Breakfast with Champions. I will. I will. So as you know, my podcast is called Most Memorable Journeys. So what I normally do with people that I don't know so well, I do a little game at the beginning. I'll I'll ask you some kind of a quick fire question round and I'm going to give you some choices and you are going to say honestly. So are you ready? Shall we start? Yes, sure. Let's go. Quick. How about, what do you choose? Beach or city break? Beach all day long. Okay. Check-in or carry-on? I check bags every single time. Planned or spontaneous? Ooh, I like both. (laughs) Okay, that's fair enough. Hotel or Airbnb? With family, Airbnb, by myself, hotel. Next question is family or with the guys? Uh, Family, Family. all day long. Sunrise or sunset? (sighs) Um, sunrise. You're my man. Swimming pool or sea? The sea. The sea. Miami or Malibu? Ah, Malibu. Malibu. Asia or Caribbean, if we go further? Oh my goodness, I've never been to Asia. I have to say Caribbean. So then it should be Asia, because if you've never been, then you have to try something new. Well, yeah, I've never been to Asia and I will go there one day. But as far as my current preference between the two, I have to go with the Caribbean. All right. Meat or fish? Oh, meat all day long. (laughs) Fast fast food or Michelin star restaurant? Uh, Oh, my gosh. I am a fast food junkie. Business or economy class? Uh, Business. I am totally there with you. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's called business class, so you arrive well-rested and you can start whatever you want. So, Glenn Lundy, when you hear the word journey, like most memorable journey, what does the word journey mean to you? Yeah, journey to me is like the highs and lows, the ups and downs. It is the, the, the story between 
point A and point B. It's the dash between our born on date and our expiration date, right? Like the, the journey is all of the, the unknowns, the excitement, the adventure that comes from getting from where we are to where we're going. So this journey to me is the fun stuff. So you said from the beginning until the day, the expiration day. So what would you like to hear at the end of your earthly journey? Have you ever thought about that? I did a retreat many years ago when I had to write my own eulogy. And uh, that really made an impression on me because it's kind of your little life plan, isn't it? Because if you know what you want to hear, then you actually know what you are supposed to do. What would you like to hear? Yeah. So in the end, I think it's more about what I would like my kids to hear than what I would like to hear. So, you know, my hope and and this dream and vision was actually, it was sparked in me through another friend of mine, Brad Wise. He's a, he's a very good uh, a mentor of mine, very good friend of mine. Uh, but my hope is that in the end, at the funeral, you know, I'm in the casket and we're having the visitation that my kids are standing up there and there's just a line of people that wraps for miles and they're all coming up and looking at my kids and saying, your father really made a positive impact in my life. And, and I want my kids to be able to experience that and know that their dad made an impact in tens of thousands, if not millions of people's lives um, around the world. That would be the ideal for me. That's beautiful. Well, I can tell you one thing. You've already made a difference in my life because you have been one of the easiest persons to book for an interview. And I so appreciate that. So um, oh, thank you. let's hope that this is not going to happen for a long, long time, that line. But if it happens, then I am sure that there will be lots of people saying lots of good things about you. This is getting very serious now, this conversation. I think we need to spice it up a little bit. Tell me about your worst. <laughs> journey ever did you when you were younger did you travel did you have a bad journey oh my gosh um I don't know I'm such a I'm I'm, I'm crazy and some people hate me for this because I'm such a positive person that even the bad journeys are good journeys right they 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 end up having a lesson that can be learned from them or you know or an, a memorable experience sometimes the bad ones we can remember when everything goes smooth it's not as memorable uh but i would say as far as like a a bad experience overall man a bad journey i don't know if i have any now tell me about the good one then if you don't have a bad one what was your best what was your most memorable beautiful trip i agree with you you know i really very similar to you because some of the stuff that went wrong it just taught you something you know it wasn't i totally agree with you there is not really a bad journey because it's just a learning experience but there are some that stick out there are some that are a little worse than others i once had to travel when i was a tour guide i had to travel through india for 7 days without luggage oh wow and i couldn't buy anything and i was borrowing clothes from my clients and uh, <laughs> you know i was looking like an idiot in a pair of shorts and a borrowed t-shirt so that wasn't but then again, you know, I saw somebody traveled across India with my suitcase to hand it over to me because we were changing location all the time. And somebody from the agency in Delhi took the train to bring me that suitcase. And that was one of the best days of my life, you see, when I yeah, finally got. So this is the positive. I know what you are talking about. You know, there's a silver lining on 
you know, pretty much everything. And when it comes to traveling specifically, you know, I, I, I kind of look at it like the contract, the agreement that I have with the airline, if I'm flying, the agreement that I have is that they get me in the air and then they bring me back down safely. That's the agreement. Everything else is a bonus. If you can get my luggage there too, awesome. I appreciate that. If you can get me there on time, even better. That's like the icing on the cake. But ultimately, what I'm most concerned with is that if you take me up, you bring me back down safely. That's all I care about. And everything else in between, you know, sometimes I see people get really frustrated with delays or, you know, uh, they'll come on and they'll say there's a mechanical issue with the plane. We're going to have to delay or cancel the flight. And people are like, oh, man, this is awful. And I'm like, what do you mean this is awful? Thank you so much for discovering a mechanical issue while we're on the ground and not discovering it while we were up in the air. I so appreciate that. Um, but, you know, traveling in the beginning, I used to be really fearful of traveling. I'll tell you a story, Elizabeth. I one of The first time I ever got on a plane, I was flying to Hollywood, California. I wanted to be on... I wanted to be on Hollywood Squares. And so I had gotten a chance to do the tryouts to be on Hollywood Squares. And so I hopped on a plane. I was by myself. I'd never flown on a plane before. And I get on this plane for uh, Southwest Airlines and I was a smoker. I smoked cigarettes. And so I get on this plane and I go to the bathroom on the plane. And in the bathroom, there's a ashtray. Like there's an ashtray in there. There's no no smoking sign there's an ashtray and my seats had little ashtrays in them too. Right. So I'm like, okay, well maybe you can smoke on planes. I didn't think that you could, but maybe that you can't. And so I went in the bathroom and I smoked a cigarette in the bathroom of this airplane and uh, put the cigarette out, you know, did the, and when I opened the door to come out of the bathroom, there they were like the flight attendants, everybody, were you smoking in there? And I was like, yes. And they pulled me to the front of the plane. They made me sit in this seat right next to uh, right next to them and they told me that i had broken the faa regulations and that when we landed in california there was going to be federal officials that were going to uh, arrest me and do all of these things right and so i'm scared to death peeing my pants on this entire flight over my first time ever flying on an airplane and we land on the other side and the flight attendant was like there's no federal officials here. You're not going to jail, but you could have. Do not ever do anything like this again. So they scared the living bejesus out of me on that particular trip. And that was my very first flight on a, on an airplane. It was crazy. That is an amazing story. Because I was just <laughs> going to tell you, did you ever have the bad experience? I guess that was a bad experience, wasn't it? But you know what you said before? You are so right about the mechanical problems. I don't understand how people like, you know, when people complain, there is an announcement saying, you know, there will be a delay because of a mechanical problem and people get annoyed. I feel like saying, okay, let's just take off with the mechanical problem and right. then see what happens. Right. Like, what are you thinking? So I make sure every time I get on a plane and every time I get off, I always make sure to say thank you to the pilots. Thank you to the flight attendants. Like, thank you so much for, you know, creating an experience that allows me to see the world in a way that I never would be able to if it wasn't for flight, you know. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. I do that too. I always say thank you. And I think it's generally in life saying thank you to somebody makes such a difference. 
Oh, or yeah. just holding a door or helping somebody, I don't know, hold a bag or, or something, the smallest thing. Because right. I think I was actually listening to you. Was it you? Somebody was had a room or something. To do. The little things in life are free. The most beautiful things in life are free, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Actually, uh, in my Rising Grind planner, so I have a ah, planner. Yeah, that's what I heard. Yes. Yeah, there's a quote at the top of every day. And today's quote was the very best things in life are free. A hug, a smile, a walk. And that uh, is true. So that is true. That. You know, I actually remember times when people smoked on planes because I'm a little older than you. And uh, <laughs> I recorded an episode the other day. I went to work in the Maldives which is many years ago. And it was my first long distance flight. I was going so far away from home and all the way there, I was the further I got, the more homesick I already got. And I was going to go and stay there for five months. And then in the morning, after the night flight in the morning, I went to the back to the toilet and this smoke, they had smoked all night and I just got physically sick. And I thought, oh, no. So I am one of the happy people who are glad that we're not allowed to smoke anymore on planes. <laughs> I, I saw an interesting meme the other day or it was a, it was a picture and it said, uh, remembering a time where every adult thought it was okay to have their kids make ashtrays in school. Like, I even remember when I was a kid making an ashtray. <laughs> Out of like, clay or something? One of my sculpture classes, <laughs> bringing it home to my mom. Here, mom, I made you an ashtray. Like, <laughs> that was what we did back then. The, literally, the teachers taught us to make ashtrays in school. That's how that's how common smoking was back in those days. If you did that today, you know, it would be like an, <laughs> an offense, you know. <laughs> make your godmother an ashtray for Christmas. Right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, oh, but just go. I'm just going wild. I have no plan for this interview because I know oh, that good. you're, a, you're an easy fun. guy really to speak to. But um, when I was a tour guide again, going back to these times, I used to have, I used to accompany very expensive tours. You know, people paid a fortune to go on these tours and uh, they were just complaining all the time. And I could never understand that. I was very poor when I was young. When I was a young tour guide, I was impressed by these rich people. You know, they, I was awed and they actually frightened me a little bit because I was dying. I, I was, it was my job to please them. And uh, when I think back today, when I feel, I feel like I wish I had the wisdom that I have now because they would... Walk out of the bus, I don't know, at the Grand Canyon. And I don't know if you've been to the Grand Canyon. but I, The um, Grand Canyon was my backyard. I grew up right by there. Oh, did you? Uh -huh. Because the first time I walked out of the bus and I looked at the Grand Canyon, I thought, oh, my God, this is so beautiful. And, you know, people would come out of the bus and they would come and talk to me and complain about the dust on a bus seat or complain about the person who sat in front of them. What would you say to these people? Today, I, I would know, I know what I would say to them, but then I was too shy and it was my job to be kind. But what do you say to people who complain all the time? <laughs> How much of it I've had? If I've had enough of it, then uh, then I can I can be quite smart. I can be very smart with my words and uh, and 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 ask them in a very maybe not so kind way if they would rather do something different than what we're, the rest of us are doing. Uh, like feel free to excuse yourself from this amazing experience, and you can go sit back on the bus the rest of the time. Um, but 
in reality, what I try to do if I'm of level head and mind is I just try to like, I feel like I have a really high level of emotional intelligence. So I've been given the gift of being able to be aware of my emotions as well as aware of the emotions of others. And so by putting myself in their, seeing things from their perspective, even if it's an ugly perspective or one that I disagree with, by seeing things from their perspective, I can usually find some type of common ground, some type of relatability, and then I can use that as a tool to direct them whatever direction I want to go. So I learned a long time ago, Elizabeth, I learned about like the tone scale and the effective arts of communication. So a tone scale, you know, on a scale of one to 10, if somebody's at a 10, agitated, excited, uh, any of those things, they're at the high level of the tone scale. What you want to do is if you want to bring them down, you can't be at a 10. Two 10s Doesn't do work. This. No. Yes. So you have to be at like an eight. Now you can't be a five. Now you're too far off the tone scale. You're too weak. You're too meek. And that 10 will just continue to step on you and pounce on you. Right? So you have to be at like an eight where you're still firm. You're still strong, but you're below their level. So then you can, you can bring people down through common ground and relatability. You can also go the other way. If somebody's like at a two, depressed, sad, miserable, and you come in at a 10, like, everybody, come on. They're like, get out of my face, dude. You're too much. But if you can come in at like a four or five, a little bit more energetic, a little bit more smile, a little bit more pep in your step, and then connect over some type of common ground, you can pull those people up with you. And so I use my knowledge of the tone scale um, to really, and, and, and matching that with some emotional intelligence, as well as some communication skills to be able to take people from where they are and bring them where they need to be, to be able to have a great experience anytime they're around me. Because if you're going to hang out with me, it's got to be, we got to have great experiences. There's no negativity allowed. So that's how I handle it most of the time. Yeah, that's a good way to handle it. And, um, you know, some of these people or most of these people, they were just lonely. Some of these people were, you know, money doesn't bring happiness. Money is yeah. nice, but yeah, that's another story we can talk. I'd like to talk about that too. But these people were just rich, but there was nothing, no happiness in their life. And those trips that they paid so much money for, they made no difference. So um, that's why I became a life coach later on, because I had so much people's experience, you know, I could feel people so well and um, understand where they were coming from. And, um, you know, living, working with people and especially traveling with people, bringing them out of their comfort zone, you know, taking them to a faraway country and then watching them, how they react is a study. That's a study of, uh, you know, anthropology. Yeah. So uh, I really, I, I enjoyed that very much. And uh, yeah, let's talk a little bit about money because we both like to travel business class. And that is not, you don't do that. We don't do that to show off. We do, we do that for comfort, don't we? Oh, yeah. Like, uh, once you go first, it's hard to go back. That's, that, that's for sure. Like, it is... And people say, oh, it's not that much different. You know, you're 10 feet further forward. It's okay. Maybe you got a little bit more leg room. Maybe you're not as squished. Like, but what people don't realize is, is kind of how you do anything is how you do everything. And so when you get into first class 
and you have the extra room and you aren't squished and you can relax and someone is there waiting on you to bring you a drink or a cocktail and you only have to go three rows to go to the bathroom and a lot of times you have your own bathroom everybody else got the bathroom in the back you know that whole experience makes the flight really like to be honest elizabeth on a flight is the only time i don't work i have eight kids i have two businesses so when I'm on a plane, I see all these people working. They're typing away on their computers. They're doing, and I'm like, man, if you can't turn it off for a couple hours while you're in the air, you might want to rethink this whole working thing because we need to take time to really enjoy. So I'll sit in the plane and relax and I'll maybe read a book or I'll watch a silly show, which I never watch silly shows when I'm on the ground. Uh, maybe I'll catch, a, catch up on a movie or a flick. I'll let my mind go into this place of, of fantasy and relaxation. And you just can't necessarily do that when you're kind of crumpled up sitting in the middle seat you know, in between people that are a little more uptight, that is a little more tense. It's just not as comfortable. And so I can, I find traveling in coach to be a little stressful. And I get off the plane versus traveling first is like heaven. <laughs> you know, I watch these people work on planes and I agree with you. It's such a nice place to relax. You know, it's such a, it's such a comfortable and, and nobody can call, you know, nobody can find you. You're there. That's the best part, right? Yes. Okay, right. Great. So you have a lot of children. Do you travel with your children? Not very often. No. Um, I don't want to say something I regret, but we've kind of created this pattern. So traveling with a lot of kids is very difficult, especially when they're all in car seats. So, you know, last time we traveled as a family, we went to Arizona. And in order for us to go to Arizona... I had to go online, order car seats, send them to my sister's house. Then I had to contact a, a company that could rent big Sprinter vans. You can't just get a regular rental car. And that company didn't exist at the airport. So I had to convince them to leave the vehicle at the airport with the keys in it. <laughs> then I had to have my brother-in-law take the car seats that I had shipped via Amazon to his house, take them to the airport, install them in the van, and then pick us up on the other side. Now, keep in mind, Elizabeth, this was what we had to do just to leave the airport. <laughs> that was just to leave the airport. That doesn't include all the accommodations and the housing and all of the other things. So it's definitely more challenging. And so kind of because of that, we created this routine and this pattern where once they're out of car seats, we'll travel more. Well, then we had another baby and then we had another baby and then we had another baby and then we had another baby. And so now I have an 11 year old who's never been to Disneyland, you know, and that makes me sad. I have a nine year old who he's traveled very little, like he's gone places we can drive, but he's never really been outside of that. He hasn't been on a plane since we went to Arizona, right? Uh, I've got a seven-year-old who wants to explore the world and see places like Disneyland and still hasn't. So my wife and I actually just talked about this last week. We are booking a trip. We are going to create more travel experiences for the family. Yes, we have a three-month-old baby, but we also have an 11-year-old and it's not fair 
for the 11 year old to miss out on those experiences in her childhood because mom and dad keep deciding to pop out kids. So, yeah, so it's, it's difficult, but it's not impossible. And we're going to embrace the difficult because I think it's that important that these kids get these experiences. You can book me. I used to do Florida round trips when I was uh, in my 20s. That was part of my uh, tours. I worked out of Miami, out of LA and out of New York. And I can take you to Disney World, to the Epcot Center, to SeaWorld, to uh, whatever else. And I can drive a bus. <laughs> oh my God. No, I, can't, I cannot. We, we, I, I used to, we had those smaller buses, which were took about 16 people. But yeah, and, you know, I think it's just, it's a lot of work, but it's possible. And I'm sure your kids would have sure. lots of fun. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, if it's you, a lot of work. I told my wife when we do go to Disneyland, the only, you know, the caveat that I have, the rule is that we need to have one adult for every child. Yes. Otherwise, it just doesn't work, right? Because one's got one one adult sitting behind while another one's on the ride and they're switching out and too many kids were overrun. It just doesn't work. And so when we go to Disney World, when the world opens back up and we go to Disney World, we will take my mother-in-law, my father-in-law, my stepdad, my mom, uh, a nanny, a babysitter. You know, We'll make sure we got one adult per kid so we can really enjoy the experience. That's amazing. Yes, and I think, you know, because it's easy to lose them. It's it's a crowd, and and uh, you know they sure. just disappear within within seconds. So it's good to look after them. But I am sure that you are going to have a great time if you make it there. Yeah, thank so you. So your first flight was to Hollywood to to LA. You are flying to LA. What is your favorite destination? Favorite destination. So right now, I happen to be in love with St. Pete. I love St. Pete, uh, St. Petersburg, Florida. It's just gorgeous. It's it's grown in a very unique way over the last eight years. So it was kind of a ghost town. It was like a little hidden gym ghost town. And now it's been updated. And I mean, the water is beautiful. The new pier is is beautiful. And they've done a lot of things in the city to create. Um, it's not too overrun with tourists. There's no Airbnbs. You you can't do Airbnb in the area per the city ordinance. So it's not overrun with tours. And the cost is still very, very cheap, even though it's this beautiful waterfront destination. So you can go to this restaurant right there on the pier and have a delicious steak dinner. And, the, and it's like 30 bucks a plate. Like it's not ridiculous like it is in a lot of uh, waterfront destinations. And so big fan of St. Pete. However, I will say the other side of the country, my desire is to retire on the beaches of San Diego, California. I love oh, San Diego. Yes, so do I. I think the San Diego movie. also has probably the best climate in the whole of, of, of the U.S., Yes. I used to live there and I I couldn't live there now. I couldn't take my kids there. It's too expensive for all that. But I do hope to retire on those beaches. I want to die with my toes in the sand on the beach of San Diego, California. (laughs) I feel sorry for the person that finds me as they go running by, but that's uh, that's my hope. Good plan. But yeah. I do agree that the west coast of Florida is beautiful, St. Petersburg, Tampa. And then when you go further down, we actually, I had a very, um, I had my enlightening experience in, in, in a shopping mall in Fort Myers. When I was uh, 29, I was traveling around. I used to take my clients to a shopping mall for lunch. 
and do a little shopping. And I used to just walk around because I had nothing to do. And I walked into a bookstore um, and I picked up a book. And, you know, we don't pick up books by chance. They come to us. And I picked up The Power of Your Subconscious Mind by Dr. Joseph Murphy. And that book, I went to the hotel in the evening, I dropped off the people, they went to their rooms, and I went to my room, and I started reading, and I couldn't stop reading. That was, I didn't know that I had a subconscious mind up until that day. And um, that book changed my life. Well, it was 30 years ago, more, yeah, 30, 31 years ago. And since then, after that, everything was different. And, uh, you know, it's like a key experience in your life. Do you have one, something like that? Do you have a key experience, something that changed? Yeah, so similar, a similar book for me was actually Dianetics. When I was handed the Dianetics book, which is the study by L. Ron Hubbard uh, of the conscious mind and the subconscious mind. I know that book. Once I learned that I had a subconscious mind and then also learned that we were three-dimensional beings, not just two. It's not just mind and body, but it's mind, body, and spirit. And uh, through that, uh, that book like took me through a journey. I actually studied Scientology for about six months um, after reading that book. And ultimately, I, de- I determined that Scientology wasn't specifically for me. And uh, that led me to learn more about Buddhism and Christianity. And uh, ultimately, I found my my path to spiritual enlightenment through Jesus and Christianity. And, 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 and that's been incredible. But that whole journey started with that book, that Dianetics book that made me take a, a, a unique look at how our mind works, which ultimately led me to self-discovery, which ultimately led me to understanding that we're spiritual by nature, which uh, which took me to where I am today. So... Beautiful. Uh, yeah. Amazing it's, how that works. It's amazing how these things happen, isn't it? That and and of course the thing is that I always say opportunities come, but many people don't see them. That's you right. Know, some opportunities only come once and you just have to grab them. And if you don't say yes, they're gone. No doubt. Yeah, so uh, it's these moments That's in life. That's why when you asked me to be on this podcast, I'm like, heck yes, come oh, on. Oh, Glenn. Let's go. You never know, right? <laughs> Opportunities. I'm a big I am so glad you. you're here and I'm so glad that we are having fun. I have another silly question for you because people ask that all the time. I'll ask you too. If you had to go on a deserted island for just a week, what would you take with you? Well, first, I would want it to be somewhere around Mykonos, Greece. Can I choose where the deserted island is? That's near me. Yes, you could come and visit me as well because I'm in Cyprus. Oh, are you? Yes, yes. I live on the beautiful island of Cyprus in the eastern Mediterranean, which is about, I don't know. There is a direct flight in the summer to Mykonos. So you like Mykonos? Oh, Oh, I love Mykonos. Oh, it's it's beautiful and the food out there is fantastic. The food is all organic and and just oh it's 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 a different experience. It's a different eating experience. But if I had to take just one thing, oh man, I'm on a deserted island. My brain immediately goes to like I would want to take a helicopter because I love flying in <laughs> helicopters. But then I could get off the island, so that wouldn't that wouldn't count, right? Um, I would probably, if I was on a deserted island and I could only take one thing, I would probably take my wife. That would be the that would be the Aww, one. Oh, that's that beautiful. Would, yeah, she's my she's my bestie, man, and uh, I am 
so much stronger with her in my life. I am more creative with her in my life. I'm more imaginative. I feel like there's nothing I can't do um, when my wife's around. And so if we were going to survive on a deserted island, I would need her there to uh, to make me feel the way that she makes me feel, which is like um, anything can happen and, and life is great. So yeah, my wife for sure. I hope you will make sure that she will listen to this podcast. No, she she she, she definitely will. She, she needs loves to it. hear that because that is so beautiful. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. Uh, what was I going? I was going to say something before about Mykonos. So you you like because you were saying that you like fa- you like uh, fast food, but then you also like the Eastern Mediterranean. You know, like the Mediterranean diet, olive oil, but garlic. Because I, you yeah. know, my, my thing is everything tastes good if there is olive oil and garlic in it. <laughs> <laughs> Do you agree? <laughs> I, I do agree. Just the experience in Mykonos. So the food's so different. Like over here, everything's very, and I live off fast food over here. I do because my life is fast yeah. over here. Yeah. Whereas yeah. over there, my life is slow. Yeah. And I there's time. Slow down and eat really good food and let it get prepared the right way. And, you know, everything was just so natural and organic. All the fruits and stuff that were just grown right there. And the, the it was just, beautiful and slow paced and delicious. And I felt energized after I ate versus here I eat to fill my belly. And then I feel like worse an hour later. I don't feel better. You know what I mean? And um, yeah, so that was my experience in Mykonos. And I love like souvlaki and, you know, I'm a meditarian. So any of those uh, fresh meats is my jam. So I, I really enjoyed it out there. Beautiful. I wish I could invite you because this week is the build up to Easter. Next Sunday is Greek Easter. Oh, really? And lots of people are fasting. They're not eating any meat, not or not even anything. They're, they're vegans this week. But then on Sunday, everybody makes this big souvlaki you know it's called souvla actually these big chunks of meat and they grill it Mm. over the so you should come to cyprus one day for easter you will be my guest yes i would absolutely love that and uh feel free to you know package some of that up in a to-go bag (laughs) the mail is a little slow these days due to covid (laughs) (laughs) i don't know how it would look All right, Glenn, I see that I have already taken quite a lot of your time. I am a new podcaster. I have just started. You will probably, I'm not sure, I will let you know. It's probably going to be episode 11 or 12. Do you have... Uh, do you have any tips for me? What should I do different? What should do? You, what would you do if you my were... biggest tip would be do not change from this style of podcasting. Have fun, stay loose. I've enjoyed this. I probably do three, anywhere from three to five podcasts a day, and this one was super super fun. Completely different conversation than anything else I've ever had. And I loved it. So that would be my tip. Don't let anyone else put you in a box. Stay free, stay fun, keep it loose, and you'll you'll conquer the world, no doubt. That's so sweet. I'm too much of a wild child to be put in a box. So that's not going to happen. Good. Where, Where can people find you, Glenn? Uh, they can go to glennlundy.com. If they go to glennlundy.com, it connects to all my social media platforms and all of that stuff. So we just put it all in one place. So that would be the best way to connect. And I would love to connect. 
clientlandy.com and I will also uh, put it on social media and I will um, put it there because you have a beautiful website. Any oh, last words? No, just uh, keep doing your thing, Elizabeth. And when the world does open up, let's make sure to connect and let's go on a journey together somewhere and create some type of memorable experience. We're going to Disney World. And then we're going to Mykonos. No, you're coming to Cyprus. Forget Mykonos. We, you know, we, we're always competing a little bit with the Greeks. Our food in Cyprus is better. Come to Cyprus. <laughs> Fair enough. Don't that tell that great. to anybody. Okay. All I'm right. in. I'm in. Yes. <laughs> Glenn Lundy, thank you so, so much for having been my guest today. I have very much enjoyed this. You made me feel comfortable and that does not always happen. So I really, really enjoy it. enjoyed it. Thank you. You're very, very welcome. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. If you enjoy my podcast, please like, share and subscribe to my channel. You will find all the information in the show notes. If you like what you hear and want to know more, check out my Soul Guru Lifestyle program on my website, www.thesoulguru.com. Sorry, that's, that's, forget this.